pressure, pressure coming. Pressure coming in. Pressure, pressure coming. Pressure coming in. Welcome, welcome to the Losers Out Podcast, your favorite player's favorite podcast, where we just bring you NBA news, fan talk, and visions for going the game. I'm your host, as always, Naeem. I got my partner, me pana, me compadre, Brandon. What it do, baby? It's me, guys. How y'all doing? And always, you know, we got the crew with us, Eddie B. How you feeling? What's good, man? I'm still living in Corona time, obviously. It's just strange, but we make it. We ball. Fuck it, we ball. Making it Fuck it, we ball. I ball like no eyelids. That's, that's a bar. That's a bar. Let's leave, the, let's leave the bars in the intros and outros. Matter of fact, tune in next week. I'm making my own song for the intro. If y'all want to hear not even rap, some Kooji raps, <laughs> tune in next week and you hear my bars. It's going to be like an intro, like a first tape. Also, uh, just keep in mind for the rest of the episode, guys, this will be the last episode that I appear on, as I can no longer appear on any episodes with any Kooji Triz intros or outros. <laughs> wow, you can't do me like that, bro. Co-sign that. I've known you for too long. Dang, you're supposed to blindly support me. Like, nah. <laughs> dang. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on Jordan level. That was so. Let's dive right into the episode right now. That was one of the main things that I got from this last dance documentary. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to it. If you haven't, you need to wake up. But the finale <laughs> happened this last week, and at the end of it, I was just like, "Yo, Jordan is only surrounded by yes men, bro." <laughs> Did you feel like that? Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, what was it, Steven? There was only one other guy that he like fought in practice. Mm-hmm. I think there's just some of the things he would say and do to teammates were just like them's fighting words. Like you can't. How you Facts. deny a grown man a meal? Like what? Facts. Or like, put his hands on him. There's no oh, way, bro. There's no way. Horace Grant is like 6'10", 240. and you let Michael Jordan bully you. You're not gonna take food out. The, nah, you're not gonna take food out of my mouth. I'm literally gonna have to put my paws on you. Like one of us is not getting on this plane. No, I think they're already on the plane. Like he would have been flying through that trap door or whatever, or, with, the under, with the undercarriage or whatever, bro. But you can't be talking about. Nah, I didn't play good today. You not eating? Like this not jail. It's the NBA. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? That's crazy to me. And then you know who else? It's like, I don't know. But after the last few episodes, Scott Burrell is a name that, like, I feel like I'm going to just call people that I don't like. Like, yo, fuck you, Scott Burrell. <laughs> That's just ingrained in my mind right now. Um, I like that Scott stood up to him in his own way. Kind of fair. Kind of. Because um, he, didn't, he didn't kind of just, like, become, like, super defensive like the other guys would, or become super aggressive. Mm-hmm. He kind of was just like, had a... He was just like, you were joking. <laughs> yeah, like, he, was, he didn't, he just, he didn't seem to just take Jordan seriously. He was just like, yeah. um, it is what it is. Like, I'm gonna just get my rings if I don't go off. 
Wait, I think I think I read somewhere that like that was his only season in the NBA or something like that. Like he got his ring and got up out of there. Yeah, he was there one year. I don't remember hearing about him any anywhere else. Nah, yeah, he was only in Bulls for uh, one year. I think it was ninety six. Nah, I think he was there for the last dance. But like, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Oh, this is what it was. He was on other teams. He was just on the yeah. Bulls for that one year. Yeah. He's oh man, he's on the Nets, the Hornets, the Warriors, the trash teams. Now, how you made it to the Bulls? What they traded for him for? <laughs> Washington. Um, <laughs> but I, I did like they the the Steve Kerr focus. I was glad because I am a Steve Kerr stan. Um, what else did I like about the doc? Yeah, you're you're right. The the yes man thing is kind of the alarming thing about it. Cause I guess when you're just dealing with the best at that time, considered to be like the best of all time, mm-hmm. you, you just kinda just like like I I guess like he's it like what everything you're seeing from him is just like, oh it's coming it has to be coming from the right place, right? Like this is how he wins, right? Like like if this is how he wins, then this is how I would win by putting up yeah. with it, right? Like yeah. that's how the equation works out. It was like some players will take that. Yeah, but the funny thing is, like, I definitely understand that mindset. But those are just like the role player types because there's certain people that he knew not to try that with, such as Charles Oakley, such as Dennis Rodman. Like he knew that if he tried any of that. Oh, now that you mentioned Dennis Rodman. That is crazy. <laughs> if I was more thing, crazy is not the word I would use. He's he's no, a legend. He's, he's a legend. Yeah. I think I I don't okay. I don't mean crazy and actually take that back because I I don't want to use this, that word because it, it's it has negative connotations. I want to use. There will never be somebody that will come across on our TV screens as uh, who's like just. So as out eccentric. of the character, yeah, as eccentric as uh, Dennis Rodman, because him being so wildly good at basketball that he got the best player in the world to come get him when he overstayed a Vegas trip, like nah, there's yeah. no way. And he didn't try to fight him. He was just like, "Come on, bro, we need you. Come back, please." <laughs> yeah, nah, because I mean that must be such an ego boost, obviously too. But yeah. also, it's just like no player. The league is never going to put up with a player like that ever, ever again, ever. ever. Even if he's somebody as good as Dennis Rodman, I think with the way the media is with players right now and social media, anybody who has Dennis Rodman tendencies is just going to get run out of the league so quickly. Yeah, they're not even going to make it to the league. They're going to be they're going to be filtered out in the in the draft combine. Like, oh, he has. Yeah. He has character issues and this and that. I have a quick question. It ties in, but I don't, like it. It ties into this, but I'm just curious. Like to you, is there really a a period of basketball that aged well? Like a lot of times, I'm looking back and like they're playing old games and stuff like that. Like even from like 2004 season to 1994 season to 84 season, I'm just like, yo, why is this so slow? Like so many misses, so slow. I think the level of competition in basketball has increased every year. So it's not just that everything is slow. It's just that, like, 
you're not getting these fringe athletes on the court anymore. So like mm-hmm. that now you really do have the best of the best, and not only do you have the best of the best, but they're training to be even better. As opposed to, to yeah, so as opposed to um like '90s basketball, Jordan didn't start lifting weights till 1990. I know that's already like six, seven years in the league. Yeah, like Carl Malone, the mailman, very well known for being quote unquote country strong, didn't lift weights <laughs> until college. Guy, kids now are lifting, doing weight training in high school. Um, some are starting it in like before then. Yeah, some are. That AAU tur- circuit is like ridiculous. So it's but- like you're getting you're getting the most ridiculous athletes. So walk the hardwood right now. So I think that level, I think the level of athletic ability is higher than it's ever been. For sure, I agree. I agree, and so. I wanted to bring that question up because, like, obviously, some people, whether, however you feel about this documentary that just happened, some people have the opinion that, like, this was really a a propaganda piece for Jordan. But one of the things I loved about it was just, like, the in-depth look behind the scenes and just at NBA basketball back then in general, right? Just things like how you navigate dealing with reporters, how you navigate dealing with fans, how you navigate dealing with people on the other team. That part is not so much different. Like Jordan's nah, still I, behind the scenes talk chopping up with these people having dinner, playing golf. Even yeah. had people come on his bus after the championship saying congrats man like for all that tough guy talk like I would never be friends with people that happened back then. Yeah. It sure seemed to be a lot of, of buddy buddy with the with the arch nemesis of the league. Like which like what? A whole lot of bullshit is what I realized when players are like, "Yeah, I wouldn't talk to a guy if I was facing him." Like, "Bullshit. You did it." Like, we there's tape. Run the tape. Like I've seen it. Exactly. Like, like and now that and um one thing I noticed too, and I, I wish I had a timeline for when I could actually trace this back to like when did Scottie Pippen start like uh, sh- going on to um, sports shows and talking a lot? Because he's been doing that frequently over the last few years, but did this start over the last few years? I think it came from like 2014. I don't know. Whenever the jump started, that's when I, I started think, seeing I him. So, like, that was like 2016, probably. I think they started bringing him around a lot during the Warriors 73 win season. Mm. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. So, like, 2016, yeah? That was when Kobe retired. Coincides, yeah, which also coincides with the season that they decided to um, start making the last dance. So, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that Scotty has been doing um, damage control for the documentary for three years now because he knew he was going to look trash because <laughs> i think the, the i think the person who looks the, the worst from the documentary is scotty because besides jerry kraus r.i.p yeah um but now it's getting into the that's like a shared blame weird kind of thing with jerry reinsdorf like mm. now i don't even know the the, the the power struggle there is just kind of re- clear and we're kind of ridiculous but getting back to scotty the the migraine game, the the him, the the Tony Ku uh, Ku coach, like um, not going in for the for the last yeah. shot. Yo, 
I'm gonna let you finish, but that's the saltiest moment in NBA history. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, I think I, I like the guys say they lost a lot of trust in Scotty um, after that game. I would have. That's a hard, sobering moment for you as a as a pro athlete because at that time, okay, Jordan's retired. Scotty's your leader. He's your best player. He's a top five player in the league at that time. Um, has led you guys all the season has been so good. And then um, he just he just quits on you in a playoff game because they don't call a play for him? It's nuts. Bro, I, I, I get that part. But, like, you started off by saying he was your number two player, now he's your star player, and arguably top five in the league, maybe even top three. You're supposed to run that play for your guy. Like, win or lose, whether he has limitations or not, you're supposed to run a play, your best play for your best player. And even someone like LeBron, who people give him criticism for for passing the last shot up, the ball is still in his hands. And that's his decision to do what he wants with it. Like, yo, give it to LeBron, make it happen. You didn't, I guess, for whatever reason, Phil didn't trust him to do that. And... If I'm putting myself in the same shoes, I would also be tight. Like, oh, you're not giving me the ball? So Eat a so Frank, was, bro. <laughs> so what it was explained as in, in the doc was Tony Kukoc had hit several game winners that season. So? And had been, so? Like pretty clutch. Well, well, he had been pretty clutch for the team that season. Now, I can understand why Scotty got upset. And I can, I can actually understand why he got even more upset considering he was the guy inbounding on the play. Yeah, that's another thing too. Like, um, bro, you disrespecting me. Like, that's Steve Kerr's job. Um, and so I guess that I get that would I think that would have been the thing that probably set me off. Like, damn, like I'm the best player on the team, and you got me inbound in the ball at the the most at the end of the, sh- the game. Like, that's a little strange. But I think he should have just like said something to Phil. Like, I feel like he was just kind of passive aggressive about it. Like the way it was framed in the documentary was that. Scotty just didn't say anything until they told him to go back in, and he was like, nah, I'm not going in. <laughs> They're like, yo, it's, it's only four of us on the court. I'm like, Scotty, where you at? He's like, nah, nah, I'm good. My back. Like, that's, I think <laughs> that's what was just like, yo, you got to be a man in this moment and, like, say something. You can't just – Yeah. not only are you refusing to come in, you fucked us by telling us you weren't coming in the game. I guess, but at the same time, like – Cause like, what if Phil had like a master plan where it was like, "All right, Scotty's gonna inbound, but um, when he like runs onto the court, he's gonna draw attention away from Tony." No, bro, I don't. I don't know how many how much time was left, but that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Well, maybe it is like in a regular inbounds play, but for the final play of the game, oh, no, best players you're not, you're not, not doing that, bro. Yeah, Even yeah. if your best player is. Magic Johnson or John Stockton or Steve Nash, the greatest passes of all time, they're not inbounding the ball. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. And, like, another thing is that's just a line of grievances from Scottie Pippen all along. Like, yeah, he just it was a documentary, but, like, like you said, a lot of this, he was taking a lot of L's. And yeah. the biggest L besides that ultra-salty moment, not only did that guy – Make the shot after you like bitched and moaned about it, but his contract situation, like, yeah, bro, we gotta talk about that. Like, 
Yeah, How can the, you be a top three player, and the whole league knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody's playing against you, the coaches, the scouts, your own teammates. Everybody knows he's a top three player, and he's getting paid 122nd in the league. Like Scottie Pippen and Mario Chalmers would be making the same amount of money. Are you, think, are you crazy? I think maybe that kind of plays a part into the overarching like story of Scotty uh, Pippen's career is that yeah, he was for sure. So under he was just so underappreciated by his owner, the franchise, the basketball world, because playing in Jordan Shadow for one, the fact that he was playing on that um <clears throat> on that ridiculously bad contract, um, he was just I he probably just felt like he wasn't getting respected. So like in that moment where they were like they're like, yo, you're in on the ball, he probably was just like, yo, fuck this man. Like but then again, still the wrong decision to make in that moment. Was it was it wrong just because like the value to the team, or was it was it wrong as a GM though? Like when you really really think about it, was it wrong as an owner and GM? Oh, to give him that contract? No, to not to not like renegotiate it or whatever. Because in the documentary, oh. Reinsdorf was like, "I wouldn't take this," but they explained like why he took it. You know, just oh, you know, Ryan Zork, where he comes from and things like that. Ryan Zork essentially told him, like, I wouldn't take this for you. All right. And so even if you're admitting that part to it, you know why he took it, because he comes from super humble beginnings. He's trying to take care of his family. When you see that he's astronomically outplaying that contract and he's visibly frustrated with it, trying to get renegotiated, why not extend that that helping hand to him? You know, he, you know that. Anybody else would be bringing out the Brinks truck for him, and you're not even to not even renegotiate. And Michael Jordan's making thirty three million a year. I don't, like, yeah. I, don't like, I don't like that line of thinking because I, I I don't like when teams are forced into renegotiation things in sports. Uh, save for the NFL because that's like a whole separate thing because um the injury risks. But I think it was because. Okay, in this case, damn, Scotty's getting paid, getting criminally underpaid. Um, let's give him a raise um, to keep him happy. All right, but what about a guy who's on a max contract who's scrubbing it up? Like, is he going to give his money back? No. Like, he's, he's taking that – he's cashed out already. He's chilling. So, wait, what do you mean? So, like, I mean, if, if that were the case, if I were GM, I would – I'd I want that to happen too. I'd like, yo, if I were GM or when I, I become I a GM, like the precedent of that, of that, because like any team can be like, oh, you're underperforming this contract, or any player could be like, every year you come to the, you're coming to the negotiating table, like, yo, um, actually, you paid me twenty million, but really I was worth twenty eight million because I was the leading scorer. Like, nah. But look, so the thing is, I understand it's a slippery slope, DK, but. There's only a few amount of people who can actually do that. Like one of those people would probably be Jimmy Butler at a time was getting underpaid. Um, and another thing too is that this is not something that you're going to be using all the time. Like this is not like a, a, a three of clubs or something that you play in space. This is like a, a trump card. And at the end of the day, it's like, this is what's going to help our franchise move forward. So you might approach someone like, Andrew Bynum or Luol Deng, who's still getting paid by the Lakers, 
for what reason, I don't know, but you might approach them like, yo, um, this is not working out. You're clearly not playing up to your contract. We're willing to keep you on, but we need to do something to make our team competitive, make us contenders. I'm sure you want to play think, for a championship. That's why you came to the NBA in the first place. So let's make it happen. I think the other thing, too, with um, – I think – I mean, it, it also comes down to, like, it's a bigger thing about compensation in sports. Um, mm-hmm. Like, let's say you do have a player – because at the time, okay, Scotty really is a top three player at that time and, and during periods during that contract. So you're saying, damn, this guy's getting paid around $2 million a year, but he's contributing to six rings. Um, and, and the missing Jordan years. At some point, I mean, maybe if this was like a thing you can do in some of these um, sports, you can be like, all right, Scotty, if you just play out this contract and you finish out your career in Chicago, we'll give you a vesting contract option for like a certain part of our of the organization like that'd be pretty that'd be a pretty dope contract thing because then you you really would have players who'd stay in organizations for their entire careers more often i feel like that's what happened with tim duncan and dirk those are two people who went directly into their front office yeah i think same thing happened with jason kidd he got coaching gig right away right or did he start with the bucks he started with bucks i think yeah, he started with the Bucks. Before we before we get into um, giving people uh, titles and stuff, we gotta we gotta get into the nitty gritty of what what these words actually mean. What, okay. what is it, what, what's the difference between a star, a superstar, or a goat, or the greatest of all time? So, I think a star is someone that's obviously really good probably an all-star well known to like basketball aficionados and also just casual fans household names i guess what do you think um i had the way i had uh defined them all for me was um kind of like so for a star, a star is someone that it's either they're they're born a star or they they or they work to become a star, um, mm-hmm. like just incredible hard work. Um, a superstar is somebody that like affects the landscape of the league. They um whatever whatever teams they're on are instant title contenders. Um, they and they're in the conversation for MVP at some point year in year out or they're they're in the top discussion I'm heading into the season um, that's your that's your star you got to be a superstar. A, a superstar superstar superstars make your team a title contender yes now, goats make your team's dynasties so whatever team you're on is not only a title contender they're making it year in year out to the finals or at least the conference finals, because only two can make it every year. Yeah, uh, there's still. I think goats will do it at some point. Will make at least two or three in a row at some point in their careers, or at, at, at 
Ooh, so that's the criteria. Not, 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 that's not, the criteria not, that eliminates a whole bunch of people. Get into two, at least two finals in a row. Two, three finals. Two, three finals over a four-year period would make would put you into a potential go category. I think. Okay, that's a fair at least standard. Like you at least got to do this kind of stuff. There's obviously more to it, but like you can't be considered a go if you never had a three finals appearance. Okay. Okay, so for the, for the purposes of this conversation, I kind of want to do it in today's era. Like, I don't want to kind of compare the 90s GOATs and superstars versus today's GOATs and superstars. Yeah. That could be another topic of its own. Right, right. So how far back do we want to start? Do we want to say, like, post-Jordan, 1998 and on? Wait, sorry. Who are the – what was the question? I'm saying, like, when we're, t- we're trying to define stars, superstars, and GOATs for today's NBA, do we want to start after 1998? Um, no, let's just talk about who's, who are the stars and superstars and, and potential GOATs in the league right now. Okay. So, I don't so know. I, I don't know. Because this is the thing, too. With A goats. lot of times. Go with goats and go down. Okay. But this is the thing, right? So. A lot of the way that people can build a brand for themselves now, it propels a lot of people to like stardom. So that's what's going to be confusing for the for the lower tiers. But for goats, or at least the top five in the league right now, I'm probably going to go. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to go. One, yeah, you go first. You go first. Oh, okay. I'm in. Uh, should I go in any particular order? No, no order, no order, because okay. we're gonna get a lot of flack for this anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> Steph, LeBron, Giannis. Oh, <laughs> Kawhi. Yeah, you got to round it out at five. Steph, LeBron, Quant. Steph, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi. Let's put one more. It's tough. I feel I'm like... almost inclined to say a name that's going to surprise you. And I think I might be saying it two years too early. But I'm gonna, I might go Luca. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to do... Steph, LeBron, KD. I'm not even going to hold you. I totally forgot KD existed until you said his name just now because of his injury and the fact that there hasn't been any basketball. Fair. But you, you can't forget KD. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a legend. He hasn't played in a minute. This is tough. I'm, you know what I'm thinking, too? I really don't think there's other people on their level right now. So they're, like, the top tier of the GOATs. Steph, LeBron, and KD, and then under them, who's like, n- who hasn't hit the criteria, but who I think is going to hit it, Kawhi, Giannis, and I would say Luca too. He's he's doing everything. Like I know we were talking a little about it before, and one of the things for the goat conversation is you got to have the the hype before the league. You got to live up to that hype when you're in the league, and then you have to surpass that as well. Yeah, There's some people who did live yeah. up to their hype, but that's not enough. That's not enough. 
every every goat when you when you go back at um or any guy that you consider for goat you realize that the people that pass the criteria all share one thing in common and it's that they've gone through some kind of intense adversity or scrutiny mm-hmm. so like for, for example jordan early in his career same as lebron was labeled as a guy who, just, who was just a great scorer and couldn't win um Loss of the Pistons, and that motivated him to become great. LeBron losing to the Celtics multiple times, using his times his time in the Heat to grow not only as a player but also as a person and individual. Um, uh, who, Steph's who, ankle injuries. Yeah, Steph's they, um, ankle injuries. They're, they're about to give up on it for Monte Ellis. Yeah, can they, you imagine? Really, you guys have to remember it. The, the Warriors almost gave up on Steph for two for, at the two or three ankle injuries. And almost put their franchise hopes on Monte Ellis, who wasn't a bad at the time at all. But he's not even a wow. star or superstar. Yeah. He's not in this conversation. Really a, a wow moment in NBA history. We got kind of got lucky on that one. So it's just when when you at at some point they that adversity makes them better for it in the long run. And we see it with all those guys. So I think that's something we also should keep in mind when we're trying to define a goat. <laughs> so. For for this, the fact that we're 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 talking since we're only talking about the NBA today, let's instead of using goat, let's call them max contract players. I don't even want to use that because the NBA gives max contracts like candy. Yeah, but mega max. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. This is us saying these are the people who deserve that max, that 240 million. Yeah. Not because Mike that's a lot of that's a lot of freaking money. Not a Mike lot of freaking money. Mike Conley's the goat of collecting paychecks. <laughs> yeah, he's someone that would be like, "Hey, come to the front office, buddy. We got to renegotiate this." <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if I feel like when an organization—sorry, going back to this—when an organization or a player makes a bad decision, they should get punished for it. And I'm saying this as a Yankees fan. Who has seen his share of ridiculously bad contracts? Hmm. I'm gonna make a note of that for a next a next episode. How can we punish bad decisions? If you could renegotiate, what oh, would be the penalties? Man. I mean, the penalties would just be like your team is trashed. One last thing about the goat conversation before we like go to define the other tiers in today's today's um hierarchy of the NBA. Is also it's it's a little bit more than just getting to the finals because we're talking about getting there at least two or three times in a row. And two examples we were think talking about before that didn't that accomplished that but aren't considered Hakeem Olajuwon and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, special good thing to note those two players who um one made Jordan better mm-hmm. and one was a roadblock for Jordan and actually was considered better than him leading up to the draft um, by everybody. Um, but the the thing to know about Isaiah is that he didn't play the long. He had a, like a series of ankle injuries that mm-hmm. derailed his career. But when he was on, he made – Three in a row. Right? He did. He yeah. He played against Magic. Played against Magic. Played against Clyde. 
so yeah, he he um he's two and one, good record. Um, played on a famous team. Another positive thing in your resume, and um, is considered by many to be the second greatest point guard of all time, if not three. So like, yeah, he's up there. Oof, is he that high? Yeah, I was I was doing it the other day. I was saying you got to put Magic at one, and then it's Stockton Thomas two three. Depending on depending on where you put them, you know how many people are putting Chris Paul over them. You know how many people how are many about people to put Steph Curry they, over them. You need uh, the Steph Curry one is debatable, but you know how many people need to stop talking about Chris Paul already. Okay, so this is a transition to the next segment. I think Chris Paul is a superstar. He is a superstar. Mm-hmm. See, I would totally believe you. If there weren't games played after the 82nd, because Chris Paul has fantastic, <laughs> Chris Paul has this fantastic ability to derail every single team's um, chances of winning a title by getting injured right around playoff time every single time. Shout out my guy Blake Griffin for averaging a triple double. Um, Point Blake when uh, when Chris Paul got hurt that year, absolute monster. Um, but yeah, he um, now he's a star. He's a star who, when we look back at the body of his work of his career, will be considered a superstar because he's had so much longevity. Because the thing about stars and superstars, like, is right now Chris Paul is a star. At points in his career, he was a superstar, but he will be remembered no. as a superstar. No, bro, no, disagree, disagree. You can't say, you can't say. He's a super. He's a star right now, but when we look back, he's gonna be a superstar. That's just you being a hater because he's obviously, clearly, right now, a superstar. It's not like we're waiting for his prime to end and seeing where he's gonna end. Like his prime is clearly over. He's already on the decline. But with that still being said, look what he's doing with the Thunder right now versus what Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony did with the Thunder. That's the difference right there. Which is. I'm going to say one thing because um, I think that was more of a, an issue with style and, oh, and stuff like that. But, however, Stop I also, hating. I also, Stop I, hating, bro. Also, I also consider um, – don't consider Russell Westbrook to be a superstar. But that's a story for another day. No, we can talk about that too. But I'm just saying, look, when you – all right, yeah, if we – for the same reason that I didn't put James Harden into this, the, the top five category, you can put that same logic on Chris Paul, but you can't, you can't take away more from him than James Harden. You can't push him back two tiers just for being injured all the time. I think also the issue is that I, I'm of the opinion that there's only like nine, ten superstars in the league at any one time. Just like yeah. I, there's only like five or six goats in the league i agree so if i can't put chris paul isn't going to reach that superstar echelon for this just because there's just so many other players who are better than him bro how many other point guards how many other point guards can bring the thunder to a top four seed in today's nba if kyle lowry's not doing it mike conley's not doing it did you the first not word out it. of your mouth was that Kyle Lowry? I'm just think I'm just going down the okay. yeah. the, the um, things, and obviously he's the the most recent championship point guard. 
Okay, so I'm so Kyle Irving's not doing it. Mike Conley's not doing it. Kyrie Irving's not doing it. Kemba Walker's not doing it. Damian Lillard, maybe. Um, but I consider him a superstar. No one even else deserves mention. Steph is doing it. Uh, but no yeah. one else is. No one else can make their players that much better. I know everybody that's listening to this follows NBA Twitter, so they had to see the stat that the Thunder had a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. A 0.2% chance, and they're a top-four seed in the tough-ass Western Conference that got so much better in the summer. People were thinking that the Mavericks, the Kings, the Suns, the Timberwolves over the, I the, over the Thunder. I had- I honestly think I had the Thunder making the playoffs. If I look back, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think, I mean, this might have been my Danilo Gallinari bias showing, for sure. <laughs> but I think I think he was there for me because I was like, if anybody's going to be able to lead uh, a squad like this to the playoffs, it's going to be Danilo Gallinari. Okay. So, <laughs> nah, I mean Chris Paul. I mean, I mean Chris Paul. So I just want to hear something from you. Like, do you want to admit you're a hater? That's a that's a second thing no, you no, said no. that acknowledges Chris Paul's a superstar, but you just haven't said so. Like, can you admit you're a hater or not? No, I'm. I'm not saying. I know I'm a hater at heart. I know this. <laughs> Everybody on the pod knows this. If you guys go back, none of my garbage times have been positive. They've all been negative. Maybe <laughs> the only one to say a good thing on this podcast. I just have so much. <laughs> I have so much need to to make jokes and hate on everything, except for my guy Spencer Dinwiddie. Shout out, my guy. Fair, but um, I think I just I want to hear you say it before we move on to the to the next thing. I know I'm a hater. I am a hater. No, say you're hating on Chris Paul specifically. Yeah, um, I am hating on Chris Paul, Cliff Paul. All of them. <laughs> the fake Chris Paul. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Player union rep Chris Paul. Dang, that's that's tough, man, because he meets all the criteria. He's makes his teammates better. He's a grinder. He's a dog. He lived up to the expectations. He just gets injured, bro. And right, let's stop if, talking about Chris Paul before I lose my shit. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Alright, do you have one more player that you want to put up for a star superstar before we move on to the next thing? Um I think I know back in the day we used to always talk about Demarcus Cousins, but okay, yes. So I think when we let's frame it's this, not worth it though. He's this, injured. No, I'm saying I said we could frame it timeline wise. Demarcus okay. Cousins pre-trade to the Pelicans at his height. I mean, uh, when he was on the Pelicans. Sorry, no, he was on the Kings. Trolling, Jesus Christ. Um, Demarcus Cousins at his height on the Kings, superstar or star. Oh, star. Okay, because using the criteria I used, it was inescapable. You just had to. You just had to. Yeah, but I set that trap. By the way, I set that (laughs) trap for so long because I knew you were gonna fall into the trap of bringing up Demarcus Cousins, and I was like, "Ha! This fool has already agreed to my criteria. He's gonna have to call him a star." Yeah, I yeah. You you finesse me on that one because I, I my first thought was superstar for sure superstar and then you but, had to think about the criteria yeah just because 
he is so good at so much stuff. And he's it's just a testament to his inability, like to something being fundamentally wrong with the way with his attitude slash the way he plays, that he could not get one single one of those squads to the playoffs. Bro, it's a tough conference. And you know, you know what really had me on my like bird box look at this look at this thing was when Ant when he was on the Pelicans with Anthony Davis and their record was better when he got hurt. I I thought that was yeah, like bro. I literally been telling y'all that y'all just don't listen. Yo, you upsetting me and my homeboys. <laughs> tell your homeboys see me. Y'all know I mean Naeem will tell you the address. I'm not gonna drop it live on there. Matter of fact, follow us on Twitter. I'm gonna send out the address where you can Yo. send all your hate mail to his crib. Yo, send him the Addy. I'm hunting him down. Nah, let me, let me not. <laughs> you guys can cut that. Yo, this Corona got you really bucking up, crazy. Oh, I'm bored. I'm so bored, bro. I will run these hands with anybody outside. It's warm enough now. Bow! Yo, I'm dead. When it gets warm enough, you could run the fade with Brandon, and you could run threes with us. We're gonna do a three on three tournament. We're gonna record it. We're gonna make you a highlight video and everything. And bring your gloves so you can catch these hands. <laughs> Right, okay. Right. So now we're down to everybody's favorite episode. I mean, part of the episode. I know it's mine. Um, it's guards garbage time, and you, my friend, can take the t- the, the the stage. Okay. <clears throat> so notes away. Rubs hands like birds, man. For those <laughs> of you who don't know, garbage time is where we just get on our soapbox and just say everything that's on our mind. What's been what we've been waiting to get off our chest. And for this week, it's going to be the last dance related, but it's going to be a hot take on who the biggest winner is of it all. We talked about the Jordan part of it. We talked about the Scottie Pippen part of it. But the hugest winner since the day it was announced has been LeBron James. And I hate the fact that I'm talking about LeBron for my a second time on Garbage Time because I'm a Kobe stan. But look. Since since it was announced, it was put under the under the, the presumption that Jordan released it after he beat the cat beat the Warriors in that finals. So everybody already has the mindset like, oh, he's doing this to protect his legacy because LeBron's coming. So that's already like, yo, you can't deny anymore LeBron's top three. After that, you hear the first couple episodes about how much Jordan bullies everybody from his teammates to the front office to even the security guards. He's like trying to take their money, flipping quarters. He says, oh, that's a super bully. LeBron has a glowing review from everybody except for maybe Norris Cole and Mario Chalmers. And David Blatt. And David Blatt. And probably David Griffin. Which brings me to my next point. Wait, that's a crazy point you made. Uh, we'll come back to that. Which brings me to my next point, right? The second thing that, or one of the other things that people were saying like the Jordan had to overcome was the front office issues. Jay Krause trying to break them up. He trying to take all the credit. At least he had something to take credit for. At least he really made savvy draft moves, made risk, risk-taking risk type of trades to even trade for someone like 
um, Dennis Rodman, he's already been getting his reputation and dyeing his hair and being a crazy guy, or not crazy guy, but an eccentric guy at that point. But him and Phil Jackson really put that together. When you go and think about the front office troubles that LeBron had, this guy, David Griffin, really took out a full page ad in the newspaper and was like, you could eat a Frank pretty much. And he didn't give him any help. When he go into the finals with Booby Gibson and Zerjunas Ilgauskas and Drew Gooden, that's a big F you to the front office. Like, yo, I'm the man here. Y'all ain't doing nothing. And then the second time around, yeah, he made the trades for Ky- I mean, for uh, Kevin Love. But that was just like super luck from his son, who I don't know how he's that lucky. But that's another, that's another thing. But when you have when you line up the things that they had to go through to get to where they got the teammate part of it, the front office part of it, and then lastly, the the media scrutiny. I mentioned before that Jordan had his his yes men around him, but he also was hiding from the media like crazy. Like when he when he retired the first time and the second time, you heard him complaining like, "Yo, these guys are in my space. I don't get no time to myself." This and that. Can you imagine if you had Twitter? I can you imagine if there was like real paparazzi. At least you can actually hide and, and, and do stuff. LeBron has cameras in his house almost every day with everybody having Taco Tuesdays with him. And he's embracing it. He's yeah. living up to it. And he's not shying away from it. On top of getting way more scrutiny. On top of getting way more scrutiny. Granted, yeah, well, some of it came. act more stupidly. <laughs> I mean, granted, some of it was reasonable because he wasn't winning the championships. He was having the playoff failures. But when it came to like attacking his character, like his his thing about the decision from him joining a layup line with his son, like Jordan's whole thing was, "I'm so close to my dad." LeBron can't even enjoy his son's high school games. Like, bro, you you can't even. Oh man, oh man, it's not even close. So, um, for, to end my garbage time, though, to end my garbage time, my official rankings for the GOATs now, Kobe, LeBron, Jordan. I'm out. <laughs> All right. So, fam, we've, we've wrapped up another episode. Where can these people find you? Well, first of all, check us out on Twitter, Losers Out Pod. And if you want to hear about my takes and my opinions personally, you can find me, Kuji Triz. K-U-J-I-I-T-R-I-Z-Z underscore. And you, guys can catch, <laughs> and you guys can catch me at B-Level Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. That's B-L-E-V-E-L Comedy. Um, also, one thing we want to do, and we're happy about, we've been, over the last like 10 days, our following on Twitter has doubled. I don't know what actually led to that, but I kind of want to, follow up with that momentum so what we're going to do is i have well collectively we have some vintage basketball cards and we have a few of michael jordan so in commemoration of the last dance in that season what i want to do is you can respond to us with your top five list for goats tag two or three people and you'll be entered into a raffle to see receive one of these vintage cards um, by the time this episode comes out, you should be seeing photos of it so you can actually see what I'm talking about. But I think this is a cool thing to do, and it's free. So tag your friends free. So tag your friends, tag your mama, tag your ex, oh. tag all of them. 
before we let y'all go, we're going to be trying to do two episodes a week for a little bit. Let, let us know if y'all like that. Let us know if you just want us to go back to one. Shut up, Brandon and Naeem. I don't want to hear y'all talk for an hour and a half, two times a week. That's crazy. Um, that's pretty much it. Sign out, suckers. Peace. Who got the Thank you.